rdtdaily.com presents a Tara Buster with comedian Tara Devlin. Oh, Jesus Christ. What the hell? Freaking camera. <laughs> Why is what's happening in my life? That oh, fucking camera. Hello, everybody. My name is Tara Devlin. Why isn't my camera working? I don't know. I don't know, everybody. God, thank you for joining. I'm glad this is a friggin', uh, you know, this is the test run right now. Tom Hartman's coming on the show at 9, 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. We're going we're gonna to call him, and hopefully everything will fall into place. Hopefully it won't, so shit like that won't happen. Uh, you know, my camera, whatever, who cares, right? As long as you can see me. This is not the actual... There's two parts to this camera. There's the Lumina Plus and the Lumina Raw. <laughs> now we're seeing the Lumina Raw. It's supposed to be the Lumina Plus. But who cares, right? Beggars can't be choosers, so... If you want to ever have Lumina Plus camera, become a patron. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> At patreon.com slash terrorist. I'm only kidding. I'm, I'm not kidding, but I am. I'm really not, but please, yes, become a patron. But I am kidding, though, about that. Oh, look, it's working. Okay, good. I figured, let's start the show. I'm not in the great... I mean... I'm telling you, if Tom Hartman wasn't coming on the show tonight, I'd probably be in bed right now. I've been not well the past couple of days. I think you guys know I've been battling some Ill illness. I don't know. It's getting the better of me. So I've been kind of... I was sick Monday. I was kind of just sleeping. And then I have these two effing kittens that I'm trying to socialize and they hate my guts. So it's, it's not, things aren't working out the way I, I planned. I hope these kittens, like, get with the program soon. It's really getting annoying. But, I mean, what am I going to do, right? I got to keep going. But, yeah, yeah, yep, yep, yep. All right, guys, uh, let's see. We got a chat room filling up at youtube.com slash C for channel slash Tarabuster. And thank you, Winston. On the chat says it looks good to me. Sound quality is good. Thank you. Let's hope that the Skype is working when we call Tom because I'm going to call him at at nine, and then we will also I have the backup phone system if if Skype isn't working because you know how that is. Uh oh, uh oh, here comes trouble now. Right? You see what I'm saying? It's a, this the being a cat lady thing is not working out. All right, Junior, get it out of your system now. Yeah, these these two bastards in my bedroom, the um, salty and spicy, the two bastards, they really are bastards. I feel bad for them. You know, they were on that three-month precipice. It's really, it's after two months, it's hard to socialize a kitten, but it's not a lost cause. Um, spicy is spicy hates me 
That's all I can say. It doesn't feel good <laughs> when a cat hates you. <laughs> and I'm trying to save his fucking ass from being uh, frozen out there in the New York winter. It's, eh, whatever. And let's, yeah, yeah. So Winston says, I've taken in kittens like that before. Little ones born under a pickup in a field. Did they ever come around, Winston? I mean, I've been feeding them out of my hand. I, Salty's better. Salty's a little better. She does not bite or scratch me. And But Spicy is, whenever I go need, I, he doesn't bite me anymore. He's he's done a you know a number on me. He's bitten me, and, and I have I'm, I I have the scars to prove it, and it's really annoying. <laughs> and you know because you always gotta be like it's fine. Fucking respond with love. Of course I do. He's just a kitten. He's a dumbass. What does he know? But spicy. Um, he whenever I go near him, he hisses and he looks his ears go back he you know he wants to he's, he's afraid but i've been feeding him out of my hand but they don't play that's the other thing they don't play that's not good all right you guys are gonna have to help me i've been doing a lot of research on this too this is really i have to tell you the first time that i've taken in kittens that were this salty and spicy so usually they've i think oh shit now i got something in my eye they they can't they've come around all the cats i've been very lucky i have to say all the animals i've rescued have been turned out to be friendly i mean i took in ray for off the street and he was older than them and he was friendly on the first day he was scared but he was you know you could see he was never aggressive. And that's why I kept him. And I'm glad I did. Okay, now I can't see. Okay, this sucks. Now I got a fucking something in my eye. Great. Don't tell Tom Harmon. All right, listen, guys. All right, uh, I figured I'm in a mood, so it would. it's also fun, you know, sometimes when I'm in a mood. So, you guys understand and and see jim is our he's super chatting it doesn't matter that i'm about to collapse and i appreciate that and thank you mark c mark c says democracy may be on the line but we've got the cons on the ropes and that's for sure it is i um it's been it's it's going to be good it's you know we do live in interesting times i i cannot wait for the con man to be arrested. Let him, let him do it. Hurry up already. Lock him up. He is a traitor. What would I, what would any of us, you know, I, I got you guys, I, you know, I was in the National Guard. I had to go through security clearance because my MOS was in intelligence and I had, you know, not that I really ever did anything, but they they do a thorough background check. They they come and they interview your neighbors. They interview your family. They go to your job. They they you know they're not kidding around. They do. They go through your life with a fine tooth comb. Uh, and I keep thinking about if I walked away with classified documents, 
would I be would I be free right now? I mean, what about reality winner? People like that who don't who aren't powerful and connected. Right? She went to jail. All right, let me put him down. And what she was doing was trying to help the country. And what was it, what was Trump doing with with top secret documents? Beyond secret, the kinds of documents that you have to be in a location to read. You can't be, uh, say, I'm going to do my homework on the bus going home. I'm going to work from home. You And anybody believe that Trump worked from home? He never fucking worked a day in his life. He's a grifter, a con man. A disgusting con man. Oh, really? JD on the chat says, multi-generational feral cats make socializing much harder and much more for the more difficult kittens. Do you think it's it's in their genes? Maybe mamas? It's many generations of, of feral out in the genes? It could be. They're still on the smallish side, of course. They're only three months, but not not tiny. Ah, Salty has very good possibilities. She doesn't bite. She doesn't want to kill me. She's very cute. I sing songs to her. I sing, Salty is a very good friend of mine. You know, and she looks at me like a little with her stupid eyes. (laughs) Now, who's the stupid one, though, right? Me. And uh, Spicy, he wants me dead. He wants me dead. He wants to uh, rip out my throat. And except when I'm giving him treats. Then he, he, he immediately comes around. That's the other thing. He'll, as soon as I, I touch him on the nose, because that's how you say hello. <laughs> it is. It's true. That's how you say hello. To cats, because they touch each other's noses. You touch their touch their nose. Take my word for it. And uh, he he immediately calms down. It's like, oh oh, it's you. Okay, all right, I can tolerate you. This you that bitch. And then he goes right. It, it, it's like I have PTSD. Really, I do. Hold on, I should lower that. I have PTSD going into my own room because when I go in there, I all I hear are fucking two cats snaking out, like like I got some goddamn snakes in there. Like can't move. My God! At least they've been uh, quiet at night and they've allowed me to sleep. But all right, whatever. Let's stop talking about them. I'm sure they'll come up again in conversation with Tom Harmon. <laughs> no, just kidding. I won't. And uh, let's see. Let's see. Where? Yeah, 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 yeah. Taking his job home with him? Oh, the uh, yeah. <laughs> Haiku says, work from home. Took to read at night? That's how you know it's a lie. Trump, read? Of course he didn't read. What? What are you doing reading? Nuclear secrets. What are you doing reading about the sex life of the French prime minister? This is the shit he had. 
Why would you take that? Because you want to show Putin, perhaps? Yeah, that's why. Because you want to be a big... I mean, who, who, the, who is... Um, who, who is the undignified con man troll? The, the walking hunk of uh, hamburger meat. I don't know what he is. He's, no, he's not hamburger meat. He's, he's like hot dog. He's like a hot dog shoved in a in an orange film he's disgusting but who he literally tweeted years ago before he became the so-called president despite receiving fewer votes he tweeted can putin be my best friend can putin's putin be my f- best friend don't you have so, do you have any dignity? No. Because that's all that matters. This is why this country is swirling the bowl right now. You understand this. I've explained this to you guys before. You know this. Because Trump is embarrassed in front of Putin. That's why he can't let go. He's not man enough to admit he lost. He knows he lost. I mean, he may be at this moment that the kind of liar who tells the lies so much he might believe it. He, you know, he's like a sociopath. That's what they do. He is a sociopath. But he, he, he cannot admit that he lost because that, would, that means that he is diminished in Putin's eyes. He, he has no allegiance to this country. He never did. Neither do any of these these Republicans in the catbird seat of power, the billionaires, the the ones who we're going to talk about with Tom Harmon in his new book. Where's where is it? The hidden history of neoliberalism. This is the decline and fall of Western civilization. It should be called. And it's right out there in the open. And you know why it's hidden, the hidden history? It's because it's here. It's it's like the fish doesn't know it's swimming in water, does it? Many of the American people don't realize that they're, you know, they're struggling on the wrong side of Reaganomics. They don't know a life in the in a vi- economically vibrant and upwardly mobile working class majority that that glimpse we had from the new deal was dismantled by neoliberalism which is basically it's reaganomics it's trickle down it's a it's another grift the whole thing is a grift yeah, so Trump has a Friday rally. Oh, shit. Oh, yeah. Jim on the chat says, yeah, he's a greasy snake. <laughs> Jim on the chat also says, is five cats enough yet? <laughs> I don't These two are not. They're just passing through. They're just passing through. Five cats is more than enough. There, there's, there's really only four here because you'll, if you count the kittens, it's like one cat. One uh, schizophrenic cat, and then the the three. I mean, three is enough. I always used to say my limit was two, 
because the road to the crazy cat lady is like a slippery slope, right? And there had to be a time in the crazy cat lady's life when she was like, eh, why not? Why, what would another one hurt? Sure. Right? And then, you know, it's all downhill. That's me. That's going to be me. I, I see that happening. I'm transforming into it. It's almost, I can't help it. It becomes an inevitable self-fulfilling prophecy. Because then people in my life, they all buy me everything cat-related. So there's like cat, you know, cat glasses, cat friggin' trays, cat whatever, cat blanket, <laughs> cat pictures. Right? That's what happened. Yeah, you know, my sister got me a big picture of Tara Jr. It's very nice. Tara Jr. Jr., I should say. Yeah. So you come in my house, you're like, all right, the fucking cat lady lives here. Of course. Well, I guess it's inevitable. What am I going to do? I can't. I got to talk to my shrink about this more. This is not good. Okay. I'm looking at the time. <laughs> as long as Trump runs free and has his Nazi salute rallies, our country will continue to de be diminished by the day. Mark C. in the chat says, you're absolutely right. And let me see if I can find this. Now that you're reminding me of, because there was a Trump rally the other day, and that's because Trump is a malignant narcissist, and we know this. We, I've explained it. They, uh, he needs his narcissistic supply, and they're they are sick. And there's this TV show I watched when I was sick. Actually, I, I probably shouldn't have watched half of it because it was making me scared. Um, it was called something about C the mind of a serial killer. I've been watching all these serial killer documentaries. It's not good either. It's poisoning my brain. And um, but they did a uh, a couple of episodes on Jim Jones, and I watched it just to yeah think about Trump because that's what's happening. That's what is happening to these these cultists. Let's see, Trump cult on Twitter. The other I'm trying to find this video of the Trump rally where they're they're all waving their hands at him. If if you've ever gone to a an evangelical church, that's what they do. They they lift their hands up in prayer or seen it on TV. And and I was in when I was in the army <laughs> That's and when I was in basic training, it was probably the last time I went to church regularly, only because there was nothing else to do on Sundays. There was nothing to do. We couldn't leave the base, and there, I, we couldn't even leave our little area. And the only thing you could do was go to chow or go to, and you couldn't hang out in the in the chow hall. So you could go to church, and you couldn't hang out in the barracks. You, there was nothing you could do. Nothing. Really, you could do nothing all day on Sundays. It, was, it really sucked. So I would sit in the church. And it's not a church. It was like a giant uh, auditorium because it was, everybody was there for the most part. And they really, uh, you know, were into it. It was very, it was kind of fascinating. I, and I was there almost like, 
and, uh, as an anthropological study, watching the watching people in their in their element, and they were singing all these religious Jesus songs, rock and roll Jesus songs, and uh, people were like had their hands. This is in the fucking army, right? It's, uh, God help me. Well, the Air Force is supposed to be worse, so. Let's see. Trump cult Jim Jones. Let's see what comes up. Now, my only wish is that they do the full Jim Jones. You know, they go, they go full effect. Right? And they would. They absolutely would. If he asked them to. I'll, only I can save you. Only I can fix it. And then there was on uh, Twitter, they were showing segments of the rally, the open to whatever, the graphic open to the ra- rally with the heavenly music and the pictures of Trump in the clouds, save America. It's really sick. And it will be studied by future generations. They will look back like we look back on the Hitler rallies. Except those were more, um, they were more well attended. Where is it? Yeah, look. Right, right here. Look at this. Look at them all. With their hands in the air. And at this moment, when they were all praying at Trump, they were saying Trump was going on about how it would never have happened. Ukraine would never have been invaded. This would, you know, whatever the uh, the troubles were, the the chaos, the hellscape we're supposedly living in now, none of it would have happened. If Trump, because, you know, wasn't robbed of his birthright to be our ruler, despite receiving fewer votes. It's really, uh, it's incredible. So, never forget, the other thing I keep seeing on um, on Twitter and whatnot with with these Trump anzies, they are very offended about being called fascists. Oh, wait, here it is. Here it is. Never have happened with me. As your- <laughs> we are a nation that allowed Russia to devastate a country, Ukraine, oh. killing hundreds of thousands of people. Like you withheld the weapons for because you wanted him to stir up dirt against your political opponent. Oh. And it will only get worse. It would never have happened with right. me as your commander-in-chief. Yeah, and right. And for four long years, oh it didn't God. happen. And China with <laughs> Taiwan is next. We are a nation that has weaponized its law enforcement against the opposing political party. What? Like never, ever before. Like ever, never, ever We've seen. Got a Look at this shit. of investigation that won't allow bad election-changing facts to be presented to the public. Oh, get him out of here, please. Where Hunter Biden's laptop (laughs) 
was Russian disinformation when oh they knew it wasn't. God. And a Department of Justice that refuses to investigate egregious acts of voting of irregularities and fraud. And we have a president who is cognitively impaired. What are you doing? And in no condition to lead our country, which cognitively impaired. Oh my God! These fucking people. Somebody, please. I hope they rise up. Please rise up. Please start your shit again, and we will crush you legally and peacefully, and within an inch of your life without apology. Please, please. They are doing us a favor, weeding themselves out. Expose yourself for the the traitors you are, because that's what they're doing. They will. There's no hope for these people. And this guy, who's this Blacks for Trump guy? It should say Black for Trump, of course, because it's all it's one dude all the time behind him. Uh, uh, does he have a job? This guy. I guess that is his job because he's he follows Trump all over the country and stands behind him with that stupid sign. These people should be embarrassed, but they're too stupid to know that they should be embarrassed. I'm tired of treating them like they're not the uh, the traitorous, embarrassing albatrosses around our national necks that they are. I'm tired of it. I, I, I'm tired of the corporate media giving them, they just enabling it, giving them the benefit of the doubt. They're dumb. They're, they're, and beyond that, they're dangerous. A dangerous cult wedded to this filthy con man, this traitorous greed-centered ghoul who is a filthy sociopathic liar. And, and all of his worthless, useless life, you would think there would be something for him to show that would be uh, beneficial to humanity, right? There would be one thing at least. But there's not. Everywhere you look, there's crimes, there's lies, there's grifting, there's taking advantage of people who have l no power, stiffing people. Stealing their labor, uh, uh, you can't, inflicting campaigns of harassment against tenants, and then doing nothing but robbing the American people, robbing and robbing like a parasite, like a bloated effing job of the hut parasite. God bless you, Letitia James. Everybody should, uh, you know, go after this fucker. He needs to be in jail. What is taking you so long, Justice Department? Why is he out? Why are they al allowed to do podcasts? Spreading their lies. I, I, the, the, the nonstop lies. If I, and, and God help us. That's the thing. If they... If these f filthy traitors, if these filthy Republicans win, quote-unquote, despite receiving fewer votes, if they win the, the House or the Senate, God help us. You know how many Hunter Biden laptop hearings we're going to have to endure? 
Hunter Biden, I, I keep seeing all over uh, Twitter, too. They're like, no one's investigating Hunter Biden's laptop for national security. Hunter Biden was never a, a an advisor to the president. Does Hunter Biden have classified secrets on his laptop? What's on his laptop? Nobody could say what's on his laptop. It's just this this ubiquitous term, Hunter Biden's laptop. It's like a Rorschach test to see how crazy you are, how you react to it. If you react to it like a normal person, then you're in the clear. You're okay. You're sane. A normal person being like, what are you talking about? What is on the laptop? There's nothing. It's like everything else they talk about. They, they, They never go into specifics. What's on the laptop? What is what is so what, what what is it? Do they ever explain? Because they got nothing. It's like the uh, the election l- lies <laughs> that you, you notice, and it's also everything else that they they talk about with the lie. They, everything is a lie. They go to court. They sue. They 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 try to get this special master to uh, what give Trump back classified documents that weren't his to begin with. They belong to us, the American people. And but they didn't. They go on the media. They go on all their propaganda outlets saying how they're. Uh, you know, he declassified everything. But but funny enough, it's not in any of their legal filings. Wouldn't you think they would use that as their defense if that's what they're telling the idiots? Stupid enough to be their narcissistic supply. I'm just looking at the time. That's why we're going to hop on over to Skype. I can't take it. We'll go back to that. Maybe. I can't take it. I know, right? They can't even... What, what, what is this laptop? Does anybody know what's on this freaking laptop? I can't take it. Hunter Biden's evil laptop. Well, that's what they say. The evil lap. What's on it? What's on it? Jesus Christ, I hope... Can he stroke out? See, but that would be too easy. I, don't, I, I would feel disappointed if he just stroked out. He needs to go to jail. He needs to be accountable. That's what the Republicans are hoping. They are secretly hoping he strokes out. They know that. They've said that behind closed doors. They're, they are, they're, the Republican Party plan is for Trump to croak. And he's, you know, he just keeps going. But that's not a plan. So they could turn him into a martyr. You know, so they can, they could continue to sell merch with his, uh, with his, his filthy face on it. You people should be, I mean, these, these trump should be embarrassed. It should be, they should really be embarrassed, but they're not smart enough to know they should. All right, I better calm down. I'm going to call Tom Hartman in one minute. Let's, should we, should, should we, should we try to call him now? What? 
See, I'm, I'm yawning. <laughs> it's a great show. It's a great show we got here. Right. Hunter Biden is not in power. Repeat this to your right-wing uncle. Although Uncle Nutbag probably wouldn't listen anyway. Exactly, Mark. Exactly. Mark C. on the chat. All right. I guess I should try him now. Things are going to start happening to me now. That's uh, the, that's from the jerk. Okay. Add Tom. Let's do it. I don't hear any ringing, though. That's the problem. Tom. All right. Hello. Yay. I got you. Wait, hold on a second. I got to put you on the air here. I hope I can do it properly. There we go. It's working. Hold on. It's working. It was working. Son of a bitch. I'm trying to do split screen. There we go. <laughs> See, I've, I've, uh, I've done this show before, you know. <laughs> it takes practice. I'll, I'll keep getting better. Thank you, Tom, for for uh, coming on the show. I'm, it's sure. really nice to see you again, and thank you for writing yet another amazing and important book, the Hidden History of Neoliberalism, and another one I I, mean, I love this book because it's it's so packed with history, and I'm a big history buff, but also this history in particular, it it almost feels traumatizing to read because I feel like I was born. I was born in, in the aftermath of Reaganomics. I, my father was a product of the New Deal. He, he, my family lived in a, a decent middle-class life. My father was a garbage man. And because of the New Deal, you know, we were able to have uh, you know, a nice house and go on vacation and whatnot, except he was a Reagan Democrat, and it would drive me, it would drive me insane. And uh, I feel like, you know, maybe we're coming to the end of that story. I don't know. I hope I live to see it turn around. But what do you, I mean, I don't know. Where do we begin? Neoliberalism. The, the whole, the term itself, I know is a little confusing to people because people, you know, consider, they think it's, lib, they're talk, you're talking about liberalism. But what do you mean when you say, or when, what is the term neoliberalism? mean yeah the word well to begin with the word liberal in the united states of course means kind of progressive mm -hmm. in europe the word liberal means conservative um liberal economics in europe is is small government low taxes you know no government interference mm -hmm. in the marketplace what we would call uh trickle down or economic or reaganomic or whatever. And so, you know, when these guys got together in uh, first in Paris in 36 and then in uh, in Switzerland in the 40s, and uh, it was a group of economists mostly, and uh, most of them Europeans, uh, with the exception of Milton Friedman, um, they were trying to figure out how to come up with a way to prevent uh, developed countries, you know, European countries, right. from ever again uh, doing what had happened in their lifetimes, which was uh, going communist like mm -hmm. Russia did, uh, fascist like uh, Spain and Italy and, and Germany did. 
And they thought that economics was the answer to it. And they thought that um, if you could just get government out of the way and let the economists run everything, mm. everything would be beautiful or let the economy run everything. Right. And so they wanted to take European liberalism and uh, amp it up. Hmm. So this is the, you know, neo is the Greek prefix that means new. And so this was the new liberalism. Right. So it's the right. word. You know, right. We can call it economics if you want. It's the same thing. Reagan, right. you know, people, people look at what Reagan did. And they think that it, he was just throwing stuff against the wall. Oh, yeah, let's destroy some unions. Let's cut taxes on rich people. Let's let's blow up the EPA with uh, Neil Gorsuch's mother, mm. <laughs> a woman who, who had to you know resign in disgrace right. for threats of uh, you know prosecution for bribery and things. Yeah. Um, it, it, no, it was not random. It was not. He was not throwing stuff against the wall. He he was following a script, mm -hmm. and the script came out of these meetings in Europe in the 40s. And Milton Friedman had been selling this stuff in the United States for 30 years. And finally, Reagan came along and bought it. Mm. And see, I, I'm of the impression people say, just like you say, that uh, or, you know, speculate the that they were sincere in promoting neoliberalism, that it was, um, you know, they it was just a different way to get an economically vibrant and upperly mobile working class majority. I don't. I mean, I don't think so. I think it was a way to destroy the working class majority, the uppity working class. They that they d didn't want uh, the chaos of the '60s of of the uh, women saying, you know, burning their bras and people saying, "Hell no, we won't go to your wars." And that was an, a way. And, and it's also reminded me of uh, who was it who said. The, his job as the Fed chair was to create a certain level of worker insecurity. Alan Greenspan. Yes, yes. Um, yeah, it's. I'm. I'm inclined to believe that they were well intentioned, although hmm. uh, Mises, in particular, uh, went to great lengths to justify uh, uh, free trade as a uh, as a neo-colonial policy he, right. he talked about how there were there were master races and there were inferior races mm -hmm. and the white race was the most superior race on the planet and mm -hmm. therefore it it had the right uh caucasians had the right to right. Uh, establish um outposts in in lesser developed yeah. countries that people of color and subordinate them the way that uh, england yes. had with for example. And at the time they came up with this, you know, India was still owned by England. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So, um, uh, you know, there was a fair amount of racism in there and there was a, a certainly a hell of a lot of classism. Right. But I think that, you know, Russell Kirk's stuff that I wrote about in my book on oligarchy, um, and, you know, in 1951, he, he warned Republicans that are conservatives. Uh, William F. Buckley and Barry Goldwater were his two probably most ardent followers. Um, that if the middle class continued to grow the way it was in 1951, that eventually it would reach the point where women and young people and mm. people of color would forget their place right. and start demanding more, more, more. Yeah. And, uh, you know, he was largely laughed at and ignored throughout the 50s and, and even the first couple of years of the 60s. But then, you know, the birth control pill was legalized in 61. Um, birth con birth control was decriminalized by the Supreme Court uh, for single people in '72, mm. couples in '65. Um, you had uh, Roe v. Wade in '73. Um, you had the Vietnam War and and uh, young people protesting mm. and smoking, 
And, and of course, you had the civil rights movement throughout that era that was getting increasingly militant right. and cities on fire and whatnot. And all of that combined uh, in, the, in the early 70s, throughout the 70s, to convince Republicans to go back and read the Russell Kirk from 20 right. years earlier. Yeah. And, uh, and when Reagan came into office, he felt that part of his mandate was to destroy the middle class. And, and hmm. it, he did. You know, when, when Reagan came into office, the top or the middle class represented 65% of Americans. Oh. And today it represents 45% of Americans. Right. And when Reagan came into office to be middle class, you could do it with one paycheck. Your dad is a garbage yeah. man. My dad is working That's in a tool right. and You know, they, they both worked with their hands. Um, and you, you know, he raised four, my dad raised four kids and we took a vacation every year and he bought a new car yep. every two years, and, you know, and, and he, and he bought a house that he died in and, and, uh, you could do that. That's right. Um, yeah. Now it takes a two income family. That's to do right. That. So, if so that, it's exactly. The same middle class. Yeah. And in fact, you know, in my, my family home now, uh, there's a, a garbage man who lives there with his wife and. They rent their house, you know, now it's my, you know, the house I grew up in because they can't afford to buy a house. Yep. So yep. It, that's the way things have changed. And that's the, the post Reagan America. He, he, we have seen in the last 40 years, Tara, we've, we have seen a, a $50 trillion transfer of wealth right. from, the, from the pockets and homes and families of the American middle class into the money bins of the top 1%, the morbidly mm. rich. Mm. And it's also see when you're as you were talking, I was thinking about that Rush Limbaugh quote: "Some people are born to be slaves." That yeah. always strikes me as that's really the underlying Republican theme in general, and and it is really the theme in neoliberalism too, because they are willing they're willing to jettison they're willing to leave people behind. They think that as like Anne Rand said. Uh, what are some I'm trying to remember it's just paraphrasing uh, that some people are uh, grist to be fuel for those who can use it or something she says something like that and the and they idolize that these people I mean Trump literally gave Rush Limbaugh a medal of freedom and he also gave uh, Laffer a medal of freedom now that I'm thinking about it the the Laffer curve guy which yeah. the, the, that's a total scam too. Yeah, the other neoliberal economist. Yeah. <laughs> right, and so this whole industry of keeping neo of making neoliberalism almost synonymous with freedom and democracy, uh, I think is what. I mean, it's great that you wrote this book, so it, we are talking about it. You know, it's like the uh, the cat's out of the bag. You know, and uh, now. I think, you know, because the, the generation who benefited from the New Deal is passing away. And then you have the another generation who remembers the uh, economically vibrant middle class. And they're, you know, they, they are rewriting history. It's almost as if it had nothing to do with government policy. Do you know what I mean? Where... It's uh, I just worked hard and played by the rules. Well, the rules at the time were, you know, like you said, we had a 35% unionized workforce. We had top marginal tax rates of 90%. We were able to go to school without coming out of college as indentured servants, things like that. So it's the everything that's stacked against us 
right now and young people too because they they live in this this i don't even know how they i don't know why they're how they're uh, as uh, can be optimistic in a way but they are very progressive and they've they've grown up in this small world to see you know you could see other uh countries how no, uh, if you have health care, if, if you go <laughs> to the doctor, you don't have to, uh, you know, it's not Nazism. You're not uh, going to a death panel or whatnot. You know what I mean? So they, I do believe that, you know, the, the, uh, you know, I do believe that we're getting more progressive in general and maybe we're seeing the end of this, but uh, it still seems like the, the, uh, the big corp, if you watch the corporate media, it's as if this is this is America. Do you know what I mean? This is patriotism. This is freedom, and any challenge to it is, oh well, you just don't like freedom, you know. And I literally heard uh, what's his name uh, from Joe Joe Scarborough. Somebody said something about our uh, when they were going over to see the Queen funeral or whatever. And uh, they were talking about the American healthcare system, and and uh, he was and Joe Scarborough was like, "Oh well, 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 that's just not our system." Yeah, yeah they just—it's like supposedly, oh well, this is just the way it's supposed to be. So I don't know. It's uh, we we certainly have our work cut out for us, but that's the other thing I like about this book too, because you do you do give credit where credits due too. I, I appreciate. You know, when you call, you say that Obama, you know, saving neoliberalism from itself with uh, the ACA. And that, 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 I remember that because <laughs> it was, he was probably uh, very, in my lifetime, the most disappointing president. <laughs> and funny enough, Joe Biden seems to be the most, uh, the president I'm most pleasantly surprised by, really. You know, who would have thought? Biden's the first president in 50 years to repudiate neoliberalism. I know it's it's, it's great. Of either party, right? It's and he's he seems to be channeling FDR yeah. more than Reagan, which I mean, it used to drive me insane because Obama had the habit of constantly quoting Reagan and. It was like nails on a chalkboard. To me. I would, like, quote FDR. What are you? What are you quoting Reagan? But Biden seems to be. He's quoting Reagan. He's going. I mean, he's quoting FDR, and that's that's good. So it's yeah. uh, hopefully we are seeing, you know, the change that we need. But what yeah. do you? I mean, what do you? Th uh, I know you have some solutions here. What do you? What do you think about uh, how how will we fix this? Well, you know, we need to basically deconstruct neoliberalism. Mm. When when Reagan came into office, um, and I, I'm, I'm sorry, I can't remember who it was who said this. I, I, I just remember seeing it, you know, in, in 1980 mm. or 80. One of his advisors um, was on television, and they said, you know, what's what's your agenda? What's Reagan's agenda here? And, um, uh, again, I, whether it was David Stockman or Jim mm. Baker, I just can't remember. I'm sorry. But, you know, he said, our goal is to deconstruct the New Deal. Mm. God. I mean, you know, they set out to do that, you know, drop the top tax rate, do away with unions, do away with, uh, you know, regulatory agencies, right. uh, uh, make education expensive, you know, right. Right. everything. 
site. Uh, don't raise the minimum wage. In fact, do away with it if you possibly can. Um, uh, open the world to, to so-called uh, free trade. Right. So American companies could uh, ditch their high-priced high American labor and find right. you know, dollar labor anywhere they wanted. So um, I think that you know my answer to your question is that we need to deconstruct Reaganism. We just yeah. need it right. just step by step. I mean, everything that I just mentioned um, was what Reagan did to undo FDR, and right. not just Reagan. I mean, right up until you know the the last two uh, until two years ago. Mm. And uh, so you know, uh, we need to raise taxes on the morbidly rich. We need to raise taxes on corporations. And it's not just to raise money, by the way. I mean, you know, when corporations, when the when the top tax rate on corporations was 52 percent, you know, mm -hmm. when Reagan, uh, corporations had a strong incentive yeah. to avoid paying taxes, right? Which is a good thing, and because what yeah. they would do is they would develop new products with research and development, which is tax deductible. They would open new stores, you know, and, yeah. which is tax deductible. They would pay their employees better, which is tax deductible. They'd exactly. offer better benefit packages to their employees, right. which is tax deductible. All of these things lower their tax bill, and 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 all of these things help grow the economy. Right. You know, since we dropped uh, the the top tax rate on big corporations, we've seen you know very little, by the way, by way of of uh, you know real significant growth. Yeah, right. the, the decades of the 40s, 50s, 60s, 70s. Uh, those four decades, every single one of those four decades, you had GDP growth for the entire decade above 3% mm. for the entire decade. We have not seen that since 1980. Right. And, uh, and, it's, and it's because we dropped the top tax yeah. rate on corporate. Similarly, when you got a top tax rate above, you know, above 50% on, on the morbidly rich, they don't take as much money out of their companies, right. which leaves more money for the for the workers. You've, you know, right. you've got Jeff Bezos, the richest guy in the world, shooting penis-shaped rockets in space. <laughs> Um, you know, competing with uh, Elon Musk, another rich right. guy, Ugh. you know, shooting himself into outer space. Grotesque, and, really. Uh, you know, these guys want to pay their, their employees crap wages right. and, and fight unionization tooth and nail. Yep. You know, when either one of these guys could end poverty in America tomorrow with, and still be a billionaire. That's right. It's, it's uh, and, and I'm not saying that we should therefore, you know, confiscate all their money. Right. But a top income tax rate that encourages uh, wealthy people to to not take so much out of their companies yeah. but keep keep the companies healthy is a good thing yeah it's a good social good so number one we need to raise the top tax rates number two we need to strengthen labor unions and bring back the right to unionize you know, labor unions are democracy in the workplace and and you know if we're we're really believers in democracy and we think it's right. a good thing we should have it in the workplace as well and in fact Businesses worked better, and and the you know productivity was higher, and everything everything was good when you had labor unions, and yep. and uh, you know since Reagan gutted the unions, it it's been it's been a disaster. Now we need to break up the giant monopolies. You know one yes. of the neoliberal things is don't enforce your antitrust laws. Reagan in 1983 instructed the uh, Department of Justice, the Federal Trade Commission, and the Securities and Exchange Commission to stop enforcing the antitrust laws, mm. and that of course led to that explosion in the 80s of mergers and acquisitions. The M&A right. main, Michael Milken, and yep. you know Street with Michael Douglas, and you know greed is good and all this stuff. And the result is that you know they stole our pensions. Yeah. They busted the unions. They walked off with with billions, hundreds of billions, trillions of dollars mm. of middle class wealth and stashed it in their money bins. And now you've got every industry in the United States is is uh, dominated 
uh, more than 80% more or less, not all of them, but most of them, well over 80% by five or fewer companies right. who operate as oligarchies, as yeah. oligopolies, excuse me. They, they, you know, if Delta raises their prices five bucks, United does 30 That's seconds right. later. Yep. Delta tracks what each other does. So we need to start enforcing the anti-monopoly laws. Biden's talking about that right now and, right. and you know, directing it toward tech. And, and of course, now your tech companies are running ads yep. on TV going, you know, don't. Hey, oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Your um, stuff. You know, what? To... Don't don't stop innovation. Right. I've seen these commercials. <laughs> right. Yeah. We need to we need to bring back free college education. We need to strengthen public education. Right. Now you've got you know states that are trying to destroy public education, yes. public school, trying to replace them with with f private for profit schools. Mm -hmm. uh, but you know we need to we need to bring back the ability to go to college with a with a part time summer job, which is what I did. Um, I didn't graduate, but I you know for mm -hmm. a while I did. And, uh, and and we need to strengthen our public schools. We need to make yeah. healthcare the commons like every other developed country in the world. This yep. is you know this is we were heading down that road when when Robert Ball wrote the Medicare bill uh, legislation. Um, he was very clear, and so was Lyndon Johnson. Both of them on the record said that they wrote this legislation so that with a minor tweak, just deleting yeah. the sentences that referred to yep. the age sixty-five. It could be a national health care program. Yeah. Um, there it is, you know, Medicare for all. Mm. Um, we need to we need to uh, raise the minimum wage and and basically do away with, you know, slave labor with poverty wages. Yeah. And and finally, and I think one of the most important things is we need to go back to the, the plan that Alexander Hamilton laid out in 1793 in his uh, or 1791, rather, in his um, 11 point plan for American manufacturers, also known as the American plan. Um, which Reagan abandoned, mm -hmm. and go back to a a tariff-based protective uh, protective of American industry trade policy. Right. We need a comprehensive industrial policy for the United States to reindustrialize this country, um, because that that is what produces the wealth of nations. Mm. You, you know, you and I can engage in service stuff all day long. Right. You know, I can I can wash your car, you can mow my lawn. Right. <laughs> we pay each other to do it, but we're not producing wealth. Yeah. Adam exactly. Smith laid this out in Wealth of Nations in 1776. He said, you know, if a tree limb is laying on the ground in the forest, it has no intrinsic value. But if you add human labor to it and turn it into an axe handle, mm -hmm. you now have something that has a measurable, quantifiable value. And it will have that value for decades. Right. That now is part of the wealth of the nation. Mm. You can only build wealth through manufacturing. Right. And we shipped uh, 60,000 factories and 15 million jobs right. to China. Right. We just, all we accomplished was making China rich. Yeah. And a few few people at the top, too, and exploding, yeah. you know, the gap between rich and poor. And I always talk about on my show, uh, what is really, what, the question should be, what is the meaning of an economy? Is it to make a few people very rich or is this whole democracy thing is this is isn't this why people died people put their their lives fortunes and sacred honor on the line so we we could escape the intergenerational aristocracies that's what they were fighting against in the uh and the the monarchies if you were born on third base thinking you hit a triple or whatever you 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 could become the duke you would be the lord of this or that and everybody else just you know awaited their reward in heaven but that's not supposed to be this thing and it's, it seems like yeah everywhere you look with the republicans too you uh, they are whittling away at the pillars of democracy and i uh, and it really is well everything you talk about 
I think, needs to be presented as, uh, or at least, you know, advocated for, like, as the patriotic imperatives that they are. You know, you can't have a democracy and a, a country with this kind of, uh, this, this wealth gap, right? I mean, this uh, upward immobility. We used to You're be the most-, most society on earth. Now. Yeah, it's an embarrassment. What, shouldn't we be better than that? And it's all greed. It really, that's it. It comes down to greed. And especially when, um, you know, and I think we've talked about this before because it's one of my, my uh, bugaboos about healthcare in the country um, that we don't, yeah, you know, they always talk about how, you know, when Joe Biden, for example, he'll say, we're Americans, we can do anything except that, I guess, except have a healthcare system that doesn't, needlessly kill 35,000 Americans every year and bankrupt millions. And, I, yeah. You know, if he can get a good enough majority in the House and Senate, I, hope I think so. he'll get there. I think he will. I mean, that's what I, I hope. I think that Biden wants to be remembered like FDR. He, I think he sees, you know, this is his moment. He, this is his, his legacy. He doesn't want to be um, Reagan or, you know, he knows he wants to be somebody who, uh, I mean, is remembered like FDR, who really did make a difference because people are still living above the poverty line because of FDR. And, uh, yeah, the whole um, whitewashing of Reagan's, you know, his legacy, I mean, the whole Reagan legacy project and all that, it's, it's sickening. They uh, who were you talking about uh, recently? They were talking about Reagan. Well, I don't know why. Maybe it was because of the Queen or something. I don't know. Whatever. They were bringing up Reagan and talking about how you know he's. Oh yeah, it was about something with the. Oh yeah, when Gorbachev died, they they did this whole thing about Gorbachev on the corporate media, and it began with Reagan. And, you know, young people don't know the real history. Reagan was a horror show. He, I mean, he wanted to make ketchup a vegetable. We can try Well, they also know. don't know the real history of Gorbachev. Gorbachev, when he, you know, when he was uh, trying to transform Russia into an, a modern democracy, was using Sweden as his role model. Mm, and mm. said this out loud. He said that it would be better, you know, wow. because people in Russia had had you know, free housing, free food, free uh, health care, free education, that, you know, to make a, a less radical trans transition to democracy, they should adopt the model of Sweden so that everybody had free health care, everybody had free education, housing mm. was subsidized, uh, at least for low-income people. Right. He thought that would be the best transition. But in 1991, when, when uh, him and Yeltsin basically went to the Inter International Monetary Fund and, and the United States and said, we need a trillion-dollar loan to make this thing mm -hmm. happen, uh, the IMF and George Herbert Walker Bush said, you're right. going to liberalism or we're not going to give you the money. Ugh. That's why we have Putin. That's why you've got an wow. oligarch in a semi-dictatorship in Russia. It was not what Gorbachev wanted. Wow. And, uh, and, and he died, uh, you know, horrified yeah. by what happened. Right. Well, yeah, that it's that's terrible, really. And this is I mean, this is the real history and people just don't know it. And, right. you know, Reagan, whenever I have to fly to Washington, I'm like Reagan National Airport. I want to puke, really, uh, because they they are giving this impression that he's. You know this wonderful great president when it's the only people i lived in dc for seven years and the only people in dc who refer to that airport as the reagan airport are republicans everybody <laughs> oh, okay. else calls it 
national. Oh, okay. Well, now I'm, nobody wants to say. His I know. Name. Ugh. Really? Because it's just it's yeah. such a the the whole uh, it's like what they do with you know with Trump or anybody else. They just try to rehab this you know because as far as uh, Reagan is concerned, you know before FDR was even cold in the ground they were looking for somebody who could be him be the republican fdr and they found it in reagan but and i think at the time you know the american people uh, yeah they they helped i think the dismantling of the new deal a a lot of our problems uh, can be traced to racism it really does come down to that in this country and uh in my opinion i mean with more um that's all the more reason we need to have universal health care and education for all and and policies that work for everyone because that's how we're going to unify this country too it's about time we start looking at ourselves and saying yeah we don't leave anybody behind like for real we don't leave you behind on the battlefield we don't leave you behind on the battlefield of war we don't leave you behind on the battlefield of sickness of ignorance, of homelessness. I mean, wouldn't that, I, everything that you were saying there with, uh, and I'm thinking of, you know, as uh, how we can fix this thing, it, I, I think, wouldn't that be great? It would be so beautiful to have a country like that that actually puts those, those uh, you know, those uh, 11 points, what was it, uh, into practice mm-hmm. from, from Hamilton. And yeah. and this yeah, is how, yeah, I mean, uh, that's what Democrats have to do. And, you know, prosperity. what's that? Bring back our prosperity. Exactly. And in the for patriotism, it really is. It is a patriotic imperative to do these things because, you know, uh, otherwise we I believe we will ter- be torn apart. This country is definitely at a crossroads. There's no getting around that. I, uh, I, we either can go to a very dark place, as you know, as somebody who knows history. I mean, we we really have a choice here. We can go and rebuild in a way that works for everybody, or, I mean, there's more pain ahead. I hope not, though. But uh, anyway, what's your next book? There is. (laughs) Yes, I know. (laughs) Well, when they. when they raided Mar-a-Lago, I felt like I was a kid on Christmas Eve. So maybe when they arrest him, I'm, you sh- they'll be dancing in the streets, you know. So that'll that'll be a step in the right direction. But uh, what do, what are you working on now? You you have another book in the queue, Tom? Yeah, the next book will be the Hidden History of American Democracy, and and oh, that's uh, great. it'll be out in the spring. And I'm I've been living in the brain of Ben Franklin. Oh, wow. And, the Iroquois and that's uh, awesome philosophers we <laughs> need that we need so. we need all these books Tom we really do and I hope more uh, I hope everybody buys this book uh, but also your whole series and it's so uh, you know they're easy reads and they're incredibly palatable and uh, I just can't wait for the next one too the hidden history of American democracy that's something because the other thing, I mean, as far as that's concerned, you know how, because it drives me up a wall, Republicans rewriting the history of this country, constantly talking about how we're uh, born out of Judeo-Christian whatever. 
we were not. <laughs> so no, we're the first secular <laughs> country in the history of of the, the modern world. Right. So that's first secular yeah. republic. We should be proud of that and not, you know, try to make us oh, just like everybody. Were. What's that? The founders are very proud of it. Exactly. I mean, they, we were born like out of the liberal age of enlightenment, not out of, uh, I don't know, uh, why would the founders have a revolution just to create another country like every other country, you know? So, well, thank you, Tom, for uh, coming on Terror Buster, as always. And uh, it's always awesome to to talk to you and i feel like i'm in the the presence of a master so and thank you thank you <laughs> it's great it's great talking with you and thanks again for inviting me on the program oh of course of course anytime i'm looking forward to your next book great thank have you. a good one bye-bye guys you too bye-bye all righty everybody tom hartman all right how did everybody like that on the chat was that good? How's everybody doing? The founders were Unitarians and Deists. Yeah, Tom is great. I'm. I mean, he comes on this show, this this stinky ass show. I mean, uh, that's good. Well, I shouldn't do that. That's I'm. Uh, you know, what do you call it? I'm not. I I'm not trying to insult. Somebody said to me once, because when I put the show down, I put, I'm putting down the, the listeners. I'm only doing it because of my own self-esteem issues. So it's not about you. It's about, but I hear you. I heard that, and I apologize for, for slipping up there. So yeah, not this stinky ass show. This is a great show. This is a great show. It is. Hold on, I got a drink. He always makes me nervous, you know. It's like talking to, uh, I don't know, somebody you really admire. I don't know. You want them to like you. You want them to think you're cool. <laughs> you want them to, yeah, this show has the most cats. It's true. Thank you. Thank you, Haiku. Haiku says Tom knows you get it. That's why he comes on. Yes, that's great. He's, he does the show a great favor coming on. It gives it more cred, frankly. And I can't believe how he works. My God, I got to work like that. I'm, I'm complaining about having two salty and spicy kittens in my bedroom. You know, I really got to do. What am I going to do? <laughs> Look, now I'm putting myself down again in my head. I need to, I really want to write one book at least. He's got like 20. But his books, I'm not kidding. I've read every single one of them. So I am not just saying this. It's, this is a Sunday afternoon read. You want to get a, a little bit of history? Pick up, a spin, well, this is a good one because there was just a lot of stuff in this book too that I didn't know which always uh, pleases me because I think I know everything. So I didn't know the history of Mises and Nazism. I didn't know that. So, but I'm really looking forward to the, the next one. But this is an important book. 
the hidden history of neoliberalism because people aren't really talking about neoliberalism. It's uh, and it's like we were saying. It's almost like it is ubiquitous with uh, or synonymous with democracy. Whenever you, it is challenged, what do the what does conservatives say? Well, what you don't like freedom? What are you a socialist? You don't like freedom, right? So, uh oh, we can see that, Tara. Don't, no need to try. Just be. I'm trying. Do I not? Did I not do good? Did I not do good on the show? I thought I did pretty good. I don't know. I didn't feel. He's he. I think you know what it is too. He also. You got to think about this. When he's talking to me. He's been talking all damn day. All damn day. So, you know, he must be he, he must be tired. He gets tired. <laughs> I know I'm tired. Tired of being admired. No, that's from that's from Blazing Saddles. Tired of being admired, tired of Love uninspired. Yes, I thought it was very good. Haiku says, "Thank you, Haiku." Okay, good. Yeah, I thought it was good. It was it was one of the better ones. I also, I you know what it is too with him with Tom. I feel like he he doesn't he could let me um, go on, <laughs> and I will. So. Which is hey he did, that's fine it's, not, it's better than the first time he was on when I didn't get let him get a word in edge, edgewise, so. But that was only because I was like nervous and he wasn't breaking in, you know, and I just kept talking. Probably what that's probably why he wasn't breaking in. So. And uh, yeah, no, and I really appreciate the subject too. So I'm not just saying that. You guys should check the book out. Get it, get it from the library if you have to too. But it's incredibly important, and it will arm you for uh, the battles ahead. And I believe that. I believe that's why you know <laughs> you're funny. Play Dave, much improvement. Thank you guys. You guys are great. <laughs> I'm getting better all the time. Maybe one day I won't suck. No, I'm only kidding. I don't suck. It's fine. All right. See, I'm not even drinking coffee tonight. That's how much my stomach is bothering me. That's okay. I felt I feel bad now. I mean, I feel better now. <clears throat> yes, Winston says it is a subject that is important for today. Indeed. Yep, it is. Because it's like we're saying, and what like we were saying with Tom, that the it's almost the way it is presented as if it is the way it's supposed to be. Of course, usually we're we like this. Of course, we want to have this kind of uh, you know CEO and. Um, lowest paid worker income disparity because that's freedom and it's not it's actually the opposite of freedom it is part of what 
it's part, it is oligarchy, frankly. So, and why we're swirling the bowl? Yeah, we're swirling the bowl. This country, and it sucks. And you know what? All uh, the other thing I wanted to say, but I forgot. But it's or maybe we did say something about it. But um, how people are bamboozled by the fiction about it, like even people who work for a living. Uh, if you talk about taxing the rich, they're saying they they will pipe up about uh, you know how they how they're against it. Because they've been propagandized. Like all the idiots at the Trump rally. All right, let's go back to the Trump rally. Since we're talking about it. Because it wasn't only, it wasn't even, this clip was not even halfway done. Oh, look. Wait. Shit. Hold on, hold on. I know how to, I know how the show works. Look at this shit. Look at the lower third on Newsmax. Virginia governor wants new transgender student policy. <gasps> oh my God. No, they're talking about, it's probably something to target transgender students. Why is that on your, why is that on your crawl, Newsmax? Because you're, why? Because you're so um, you're so loving and caring. You just want to make America great, right? By targeting minority groups, by targeting people who you just leave people the fuck alone. You know, shut your mouth, get your big filthy Republican big government nose out of people's lives. Shut up. I, I saw this thing. Where the hell did I see this? Uh, about this transgendered young boy now who was with her. Well, her. Look at me. I'm misgendering this person already. Excuse me. This transgendered boy came out as transgender. That's what happened. And they started, the school started to interrogate him, took him out of class to interrogate him and then this young person want, wanted to kill himself that's what you do these youth and the family um it was all because of it's one of these states that's targeting families who give their their children gender affirming care it's not, is it anybody's business? They're trying to keep their child alive, you, you pricks. Unbelievable. But no, no it's not. But, but you ever notice, though, and of, co of course you do, they go after, they always go after the, um, the underdog, Right? the unconnected, the, the people who are most vilified. They never stand up for anybody who is uh, misunderstood, right? They never try to bring light to a situation. They never try to you know, um, alleviate confusion. 
right? They always try everything they can to separate, to divide, to target. It's sick. They are sick. Oh, God. All right. Well, speaking of sick, let's listen to this. We are a nation that has weaponized its law enforcement against the opposing political party. Can you believe it? Weaponized law enforcement because he got fucking raided. Okay. Not even. He was, they, they said, knock, knock. We're coming over. They gave them a heads up. They called ahead. They didn't even wear their FBI jackets. You know how you always see the FBI blazers or windbreakers? They didn't wear them, and they called Maramoron ahead and said, look, we're coming over to get these classified documents, you scumbags. Well, I don't know if they said that, but they, they called the head. And that's the truth. They give this guy so much credence, this dirtbag who doesn't deserve it. Now, imagine any one of us if we shoved classified documents down our drawers and went home, you think they would go, hey, uh, ring, ring? Hey, Tara, you got those classified documents that you smuggled out of their, their, their uh, secure and guarded area? You got them? Can you, uh, we're going to come over and get them, okay? Wait, in 30 minutes, that's cool? You're going to be there? Okay. Fine. All right. You think so? Or would I be cool in my jets in some federal prison right now? No, not him. He's out there fanning out from sea to shining sea with all of his morons activating his army of dupes, lying to them, sp pouring poison into their empty heads we're a nation that weaponizes its law enforcement oh that's only weaponized it's not weaponized when law enforcement is killing unarmed people who happen to have darker pigment right pulling them over traffic stops uh, excuse me, officer. I have I I have a license to uh, conceal carry. Let me. I'm just gonna reach it. Boom, 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 boom. You know, and they're dead. Or pulling up on a 12 year old playing with a air gun in the park, and not even getting out of the car within two seconds, shooting them dead in the street. You know, they have no problem with that. That's not weaponizing law enforcement, but. Um, when justice comes for them, when there's some kind of, there might be not even accountability, it's just the whiff of accountability. There's accountability in the air, the party of personal responsibility. There's, when there's responsibility to be had, that's when it's being weaponized. Party like never ever before <laughs> oh my god we've got a federal bureau of investigation that won't allow bad election changing facts to be presented to the public bullshit who 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 the now it's the fbi that is preventing bad election changing facts from being presented to the public bullshit 
why is this fucker walking around? What In what sane world would this parasite, this filthy criminal parasite, be allowed to continue to fester out there, sickening everything it touches? What, and what, how are we going to survive with this, this pig? No offense to pigs. I'm sorry. He's not a pig. I mean, pigs are good. Who are these? Look at all these white fucking idiots. And then this guy over here, this blacks for Trump guy. My God, this blockhead over here. What? What's the, these old dudes with the berets? Shame on you. Shame on you, you filthy racists. They're all racist, even the blacks for Trump guy. Are you kidding me? That's what it comes down to. Dr. Biden's laptop. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. I'm sorry. I'll rewind it. Changing facts to be presented to the public where Hunter Biden's laptop was Russian disinformation when they knew it wasn't. What? Does that make sense? What? Wait, wait, wait. Let's let's break this down. The, and now remember, you know, there's the music underneath it. This uh, this very flighty angelic music. So let's see. Somebody put a lower third or uh, subtitles here. Taiwan. Okay, let's see. Let's just read it. And China with Taiwan. This next, we are a. Nation that has weaponized its law enforcement against the opposing political party like never before. We've got a Federal Bureau of Investigation that won't allow bad, period, election-changing facts to be presented to the public. Hunter Biden's laptop was Russian disinformation and when they knew it wasn't and the department and a I'm reading that they... verbatim everyone oh my god where Hunter Biden's laptop was Russian disinformation when they knew it wasn't <laughs> come on Come on, what? What are you doing there, dummies? Are you fucking, are you fucking dense? Are you dumb? Are you that stupid? Are you that dumb? What is wrong with you? Where did you go wrong? Ladies and gentlemen, I want to take the mic at that rally. And I want to... I want to have an intervention with these idiots. But they're a lost cause. So forget it. They're on that... They're smoking that pipe. That smaller than average pipe. And a Department of Justice that refuses to investigate... 
egregious acts of voting irregularities and fraud. And we have a president who is cognitively impaired. Right. I'm so sick of that, too. As somebody whose father was cognitively impaired, who had, my father had Alzheimer's. Joe Biden doesn't have Alzheimer's, and they know it. It's just another example of how much they hate this fucking country. If you want to, if you want to attack Joe Biden, you don't like his policies, then talk about that. Talk about the facts, the truth, right? But they can't. So they make shit up. They attack the the president for for being cognitively impaired when the con man. I mean, he can't. He stands up there, going on a litany of of greatest hits of Hunter Biden's laptop to lock her up. He's he's not cognitively impaired, though, right? This, the, the guy who I mean, come on, he couldn't even. I mean, there's there's montages of him bumbling and fumbling around like an idiot. And talk about Joe Biden. Who Joe Biden gave a two-hour press conference. This idiot couldn't stand up there for two minutes and take the heat. Fucking morons! It, that really drives me crazy because it's it go it betrays their ugliness. Attack him for reality. You don't like him. I'm, I don't have to make shit up about Trump. Everything is real. He's a disgusting con man. He's a filthy, tax-cheating, draft-dodging, dictator-envying, less-vote-getting, sexual predator, fake university-peddling, fake vitamin-pushing con man who received fewer votes. Twice. Right? So I, I I don't have to make anything up about him. I don't like him. I never did. He's a, he was barely a clown here in New York. We all knew he was a disco prowling freak, a grifter, a carnival barker. That's all we knew. That we knew he was a a, a, a greedy grifter. You don't make him the president because you saw he played a re, he played a successful businessman on reality TV. You dummies. You dummies. Why are you holding up your fingers? Why don't you just go the full Nazi salute? What's with the fingers? And then somebody p- sent around this picture of Joe Biden posing with some, I guess, member of the public, a woman. They had their arms around each other. And it looked like a normal photo. You know, you take with somebody. And somebody tweets uh, tweets it out uh, saying how, I don't, I'm not even, this is weird. I don't even get this affectionate with my father. My own father or something like that. But they, 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 they're talking about, of course they don't understand. They're confused. 
You know, that's human warmth. It's very confusing to them. They think, oh yeah, just looking for this poster, this picture, I mean. Trump, and there's a, that reminded me of this picture of Donald Trump and Trump Jr. Let's see, I'll find it. I think we showed it on the show once. Let's see. Ugh. With the fucking thumbs up. Like two douchebags. What's with the thumbs up? It's like, the, let's pretend we're fun-loving humans. Is that the, is that what they're going with? Let's see. I, I think it was his birthday, too. Birthday, that's why. Trump Jr. Come on. I found it the other day. Now I can't find it. I hate when I do this. It's okay, right? You will... You guys won't leave me, even though I... Can't do a show. That doesn't have uh, gaps like this in it. What the fuck? I tweet shit out sometimes just so I have it. And I can never find it. You know what I mean? You know what I mean? Wait a minute. We are a country that has Hunter Biden's laptop and people actually giving thumbs down. That would never, ever happen. If I were president, we have an FBI that actually comes into your house and takes the classified documents you steal. That would never happen if I were president because I would just keep stealing. Stealing, stealing, stealing. Oh, yeah, here it is. Hi, Junior. Come on up. Here he comes. Here comes Junior. Okay, here. So this is the tweet. I don't even hug my own father like that. It's just weird. What's so weird? I, am I seeing... Am I not seeing something here? That's supposed to be weird? It's a, a, a president... And somebody who likes him says, just say, hey, take a photo with me. And you, you take a photo. It's a nice little war. It's human. It's human warmth. But, and that's weird though, right? But this is, this ain't weird. This is normal on your, on your birthday. That's what you do. It's your, I think it was some, uh, it was one of their birthdays. It was either the sons or the or the or the pustule senior, and that's how you stand next to your dad on your birthday. You're so affectionate. No, that's not weird. Thumbs up. 
not touching, standing there like with these fake plastic smiles and dead eyes, phony grin plastered across your grifting face, that cheesy used car salesman smile, thumbs up. Thumb, what are you giving a thumbs up for? What is thumbs up? Thumbs up your ass? What? Thumbs up. Thumbs up. Thumbs up your ass. Thumbs up your nose. Wh- why? What is the thumbs up? So warmth, right? You can get, you can just feel the warmth of the father son love here. so weird I don't even hug my own fa- well I wouldn't be surprised I that doesn't surprise me at all that you don't hug your father with warmth and humanity why would you you're not you're barely human uh, look at your standard bearer what do you say you know because the con man a pustule is going to be a pustule a parasite's gonna be a parasite. Fish is gonna swim. Birds are gonna fly. A con man's gonna con. But you don't have to be uh, in the cult. You don't have. You have every r- reason not to be in the cult. Oh yeah, here's the here's the the graphic I was telling you about. Look at this shit. Awaiting Donald Trump's Save America rally. Listen to this shit. What? What's with the music? Somebody had to make this graphic, which makes me feel very sad for them. Someone had to put that together. They had to cut his, 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 ugh, I'm sorry, his, ugh, his, his pustule body out. They had to design it. They had to put some text together. And of course, it sucks. Yeah, it's pretty disgusting. They had to get that music. What kind of music should we use? Get the most angelic, ephemeral music right out of uh, the, the rapture. Find it. Find us something that makes us want to rapture the fuck out of here already. I wish they would. Wouldn't that be great? Just rapture out of here with your con man. Look at this. And so that's the other thing. Uh, I saw this. It's proud, semi-fascist, ultra-maga American. They're actually selling shirts. They're selling merch that says they're proud, semi-fascists. When they're so stupid and America-hating that they don't realize. They They don't even realize what poison they are. Yeah, they're the lost cause. You want to, that's the lost cause. They're still fighting the lost cause. 
and it will never stop. That's why we will we have no there's no hope for them. Right? There's no hope. I'm sorry if I missed any super chats. While I was talking to Tom. <sighs> I know, Terry Taylor with the vomit emoji. Yeah, it's it is bizarre. And wh- how many people doubt what I say? In the not do not too distant future, those who speak, who are, well, let me see, let me see, how do I put this? Those who uh, supported the con man will only speak of it in shamed whispers. You could take that to the bank. Unlike everything else that Trump is involved in, you can take that to the bank. Unlike all the other grifts, take it to the bank. I wonder how King Charles III still feels about Trump. Why did he, what, did he say something about Trump? That he liked him? No, no, no. They hated him when he was there. He was a joke. What a, I mean, what an embarrassment when he was there. He's walking in front of the queen. Everybody's like, oh, that's against protocol to walk in front of the queen. It's also a douchebag move that you walk in front of a 90-something-year-old woman like that. Who's she, and you make her wait. That's the other thing. He made her wait. Well, because why? He had to shove some other cark, some greasy carcass down his gullet? Some carcass smothered in ketchup disgusting and then he walks in front of her and everybody's like well that is uh, against protocol you never walk in front of the queen yeah you but it's also you're a dick you're being a dick you're walking in front of a of a an, an, an elderly woman a 90 something year old woman who's standing there waiting for your ass Ugh, what a pig. No offense to pigs. It's unreal. How anybody ever, you know, ever, how, how, how do they, how do they go to this rally? It is baffling. Well, you know, it's, it's all the takes all types, Right? One would never think that over 900 people would commit suicide with Jim Jones, but there they went. But there they did. You know, you can find you can find dumbasses everywhere. It's crazy. There's a lot of them here that have power, and they're being, you know, they're being enabled. Okay, let's see. What were we what were we talking about? Oh yeah, a couple of things. What time is it? In good news, speaking of, after a 64-day strike, Boston Starbucks workers declare victory. Okay? That's good. 
when workers join together, they can accomplish anything. This is from Common Dreams, Brett Walker, I mean, uh, Wilkins. Progressive politicians and activists on Wednesday congratulated unionized workers at a Boston Starbucks who declared victory after a historic 64-day strike. And that, that's only the beginning. All you need are a few of these wins, and it will catch on. The declaration by members of Boston Starbucks workers said Starbucks agreed to core demands, including rescinding arbitrary minimum availability requirements and replacing a store manager accused of cutting hours, understaffing shifts, and perpetuating harmful and offensive rhetoric with respect to race, gender, and orientation of both our partners and guests. Oh, well, that sounds wonderful. That sounds, he should get a job in the Republican National Committee. Working Mass reports that Spencer Costigan, a striking shift manager at the store, said, I want it to be known that this is a win for workers everywhere. We're setting precedents. We're making known the power that unions have. We want to take a moment and thank every single person who took the time to join us on the picket line, talk to a striking worker, bring us food or water, or donate to our strike fund, sign our petitions, and support us every step of the way. That's what we need to do. I wasn't aware of these guys on strike, but hopefully uh, in the future I'll be able to share some of their links. Or of other workers on strike to keep the to keep them going. Some of those who joined the workers on the strike line or who voiced support for their action and cheered their victory. Let me congratulate the Starbucks workers in Boston who won their 64-day strike. For fair schedules and decent working conditions, says U.S. Senator Bernie St- Sanders. When workers stand together and fight for justice, there's nothing they cannot accomplish. I was proud to have stood on the picket line with them. Then, of course, Ayanna Presley um, tweeted, congratulations to the organizers and this major victory for workers' justice. That's great. Hailing Boston's huge victory, Senator Ed Markey, of Democrat of Massachusetts, said on Twitter that this is the power of the picket line and the power of the people. Massachusetts State Rep. Representative, uh, State Rep. Mike Connolly, a Democratic Socialist, tweeted that when we fight, we win. That's right. We stick together, we win. It is true. Wednesday's win comes less than a week after Starbucks union-busting management called in police to menace the strikers. Isn't that nice? Uh, Well, it's not, you know, new day, same old tactics. For the first time since the strike began, this is from Workers World, on July 18th, cops were brought in to threaten arrests on the pretext of alleged trespassing. A Boston Police Department captain and a special operations SWAT squad sporting bulletproof vests and driving arrest warrants arrived to enforce Starbucks' global union avoidance and infamous union-busting law firm Littler Mendelssohn's menacing of the union. Strikers and supporters 
from throughout greater Boston, including a large contingent of the one-month-old Boston University Graduate Students Union, massed in defiance on the strike line to confront the corporate-instigated police attack. What the F else is new? And that's why we have to stick together. We stick together, we win. A spokesman first or sp- spokesperson for Starbucks said in a statement that no negotiations occurred with the striking workers whose return was unconditional and that the company favors moving forward with scheduling collective bargaining sessions with Workers United representatives. The Boston strike occurred during a period of rapid unionization by Starbucks workers around the United States. Employees in more than 200 of the company's U.S. locations voted to unionize since last December. That's good. Keep it going, keep it going. Another recently unionized Massachusetts Starbucks in Watertown staged a week-long strike over problem this earlier this month over problems with a new manager including staffing issues for allegedly allowing staff members to be openly transphobic and sexist oh well what else is i bet you're there um just uh trying to make america great right that's all make america great by being a big douche to other people and I don't understand people like that you don't understand trans people that's your problem maybe you are trans inside you just have don't have the courage to live an authentic life and you that's why you lash out that's another thing but if it's if it is that you are you just don't get it you don't have to get it fuck off Fuck off and go away. That's it. Right? It's not... I don't get it. Then shut your filthy hole. That's it. That's all you gotta do. If you don't understand, then ask, maybe. Don't be a dick about it. But it's too much. They can't. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Chin scratch is coming up. Yes, very true, guys. Here's Tara Jr. Jr. Everybody, sit. Not you, the cat. Here we are. <laughs> I'm afraid the camera's going to go off. Off the chain. Alrighty. Let's see. Well, where's the other thing? Where is that? I'm losing. Vi- um, I'm losing. I'm losing you. We're losing you. We're losing you. I see a lot of people popping off the channel. They don't like this. They don't like this show for some reason tonight. It's a little rambly. I know. It was good. We had Tom Hartman on, and then. Uh, you know, I'm just not, I'm not feeling my full Tarabuster self. I've been not well lately. Maybe, I don't know. Hopefully I won't drop dead in my bed and then I'll have five cats eating my face. 
That'll be great. That'll be great. Where's the other thing I wanted to talk about before? Well, a couple of things right before we went on air. Some good news. It's good. Court lifts the Mar-a-Lago probe hold. Yay! Because they got a, they don't have a leg to stand on. And the last show we talked about that woman, Eileen, whatever the hell, Cannon, the disgrace of a judge who is, she's just on the government dole. That's what she is. She gets to pretend to be a judge and take a salary. She has no business being a judge. She has no more business being a judge than I do. So... Is Thomas coming back on Tarabuster? I don't. I don't know. I hope so. Jabbermocky. I'll have to. I haven't heard from him in a while. He's not doing FYI Nation. I don't know what's happening. I don't know. For, well, here's from the Huffington Post. Federal appeals court has lifted the judge, a judge's hold on the Justice Department's ability to use classified records seized from former President Donald Trump's Florida estate. Yay. A federal appeals panel. Oh, they all must be witch hunters or something. Has lifted a judge's hold, a judge. They, a, that should be in quotes, really. This Eileen Cannon is a joke. If if a Democratic judge, if, if Democrat dared push somebody like that forward as a judge, it would never happen. Could you imagine? That's the thing that it's okay if you're a Republican. If It's okay when Republicans do it. The Democrats would never put somebody like that on the bench. They wouldn't dare. They go over uh, above and beyond trying to find people who are more than qualified, that can't be uh, even challenged or questioned. But, of course, the Republicans still do. And they have the nerve to, to question when they put unqualified people on the bench as, uh, I mean, it's surprising when they're qualified. When they have a qualified person. All right, Junior. Ow, that's my hand. Jesus Christ, I'm sick of being bit. The ruling from a three-judge panel of the U.S. Court of Appeals for the 11th Circuit is a victory for the Justice Department and the American people, I might add, clearing the way for it to immediately resume its use of the documents as it evaluates whether to bring criminal charges in its investigation into the presence of top-secret records at Maramoron after the scumbag slithered out of the White House. God, will I? Will we see him go to jail? <clears throat> well, anyway, the other good news today was that Attorney General Letitia James filed a suit against the grifters, 
all the grifters, the Trump family, the Trump crime family. And maybe you saw, uh, it was making the rounds for a little bit. What's his name? Bill Barr went on Fox News, faux news, to, uh, he was, he complained, he was upset, you know, because how it was obviously a witch hunt because Letitia James was going after children, the children. Where is it? This is a, a political hit job. Is uh, She grossly overreaches when she tries to drag the children into the, this. Yes, they had roles in the business, but this was his personal financial statement. It was prepared the by the CFO. Uh, accounting firms were involved here. in it. The, the children aren't going to children. know the details of that and be able, and nor are they expected in the real world to do their own due diligence and have it, you know, reviewed independently. And so uh, this, this to me looks like gross overreach, which I think is going to end up backfiring on them because I think it will make people sympathetic. Get out of This is another example of uh, people piling on because of uh, Trump derangement syndrome. Yeah, that's it. Piling on. It's time for the asshole to take some responsibility for his crimes. And just like Trump was the biggest single American loser taxpayer for the time that we saw his tax records, right? Somebody had to be the biggest loser. It was Trump. He lost more money than any other individual American taxpayer, and he declared a loss more than any other taxpayer. And I found it interesting that in Letitia James's her uh, press conference this morning, she mentioned how the the con man valued his one of his uh, hovels as uh, at, at a at a rate more than any other single or any other New York apartment was ever sold for. He's got, I mean, the greed. The greed is beyond measure. And you're telling me that the children, all these children in this Trump crime family, the Trump scam family, they are, there's about, you know, 12 people working at the Trump scam family where they're all VPs and vice president of this. And what, what, I mean, I think even Trump Jr. Hold on. Donald Trump. But he's, he's just a child. These are 40 year old fucking people. Oh my God. I hate them. Oh, my God. Oh, I just wanted... Who is he? Donald, I just wanted to see his um, his official title in the Trump Organization. Dem witch hunt. The children. So, Donald Trump Jr., this bullshit dem witch hunt continues. And what was the state of 
people who say, oh, I'm not going to bother to register to vote because my voice doesn't make a difference, or I'm just one person. I say one, I say one name, Donald Trump. Motivate you. Yeah. Will you, will you sue him for us? Oh, we're going to definitely sue him. We're going to be a real pain in the ass. He's going to know my name personally. Good. I love it. He probably does already. He be- Good. Good. If, see, here's the thing if you're not a criminal, what does she have on you? She brought the receipts. You can't just file a lawsuit like, you know, Giuliani and bring nothing. Trust me, this is going is not going to be laughed out of court. Like at, like the 60 something lawsuits that were dismissed about the 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 election that wasn't stolen, dismissed with prejudice. She brought the receipts. She had the numbers. And it wasn't just her. There was a, there's a whole team of people going through the records. We know your game. We know your scam. You're a fucking bunch of grifters. That's your game. Yeah, that's the Trump organization. They are parasites. And not paying taxes? You're the so-called former president of the United States. That's you. You're not paying the price of admission to civilization. You want a free ride off our backs. That's what they're doing. You understand? Every tax dollar they cheat us out of. That's a veteran that doesn't get health care. That's a soldier that doesn't get body armor. That's a street that doesn't get paved. That's, you know, I mean, the, the, the infrastructure of democracy. That's school books for children. But he doesn't want to pay that, you know, because they want they want all the benefits. They want all of the the benefits of civilization, but none of the responsibilities that we have to each other. That all falls on our shoulders. We got to carry not only ourselves, but him and that and that whole and that, you know, that little princess. Princess Ivanka, as she flies around with a two fucking billion dollar grift with the Saudis getting uh, Chinese patents. For what? Because she can go to China and sell her cheap knockoff shoes? They bring nothing. They've never done a single thing for this world. Not a thing. Nothing. Zero. They've never had a decent idea in their head. And all they are, are, they're, they're like, they're nothing, they're, they're parasites. They are, they're the definition of parasites. And now they're sucking the blood out of the body politic. And they're trying to murder democracy. The bullshit dem witch hunt continues. This is all about politics, weaponizing her office to go after her political opponents. Who, who, who likes you? Nobody likes a crook. It's not about, oh, so if we like you, we should let you get away with crimes. That's the way Republicans roll, right? 
if we we like Trump, who could like them? Who likes them? You know, show me who you are, who you idolize, and I'll tell you everything about you. Jesus Christ. So people respond to him. Cry harder, Junior. Still waiting for your explanation why Trump property valuation zoomed way up for loans and plunged plunged way down for taxes on the same properties. Take all the time you need. Yeah, yelling at Tish James won't cut it. That's not going to fly in court. You're not going to be able to cry witch hunt. You're going to have to explain yourself. That's not, who cares? Polls. Who cares? Yeah. Oh, God. Yeah, Letitia James just turned hump day into whoop-ass Wednesday. Tell it to the judge, asshole, says Bob Seska. Exactly. Tell it to the judge. I don't want to hear you whining. Oh, it's a witch hunt. Here's They're just trying to get points. They're trying to whip up their base. Whip up. I, no, I want you to face the fucking music. I want you to stop stealing from the American people and stop being a giant parasite that's never sa- sa- satisfied. There's never enough, never enough blood, never enough money, right? Never enough decency, dignity, democracy. You can't take that. You can't take enough out of the American spirit. They won't stop until they kill this country. You get it? Unless we do something about them. If there's nothing to charge you with, then there's nothing to charge you with. If you were, as your brother said, he went on TV not too long ago saying that they're, uh, what did he say? They've lived amazingly clean lives bullshit and so he goes and go he's called to to the deposition for this lawsuit and takes the fifth like 800 times well what did trump say about taking the you see the mob takes the fifth if you're innocent why are you taking the fifth amendment your staff taking the fifth amendment Taking the fifth, so they're not prosecuted. Fifth Amendment, Fifth Amendment, Fifth Amendment. Horrible. Horrible, isn't it? It's horrible. Taking the fifth, I think it's disgraceful. What happened? He pleaded the fifth, right? He pleaded the fifth. Fifth Amendment. Bob. Fifth Amendment, Fifth Amendment, Fifth Amendment. Horrible. <laughs> Horrible. The mob takes the fifth. If you're innocent, why are you taking the Fifth Amendment? Exactly. 
explain yourself. Why are your properties um, less expensive when you file taxes and more expensive when you try to sell them? Why are you stealing from people? Why are you lying to people? It's a, it, that's in the family. That runs in the family. Um, not too long ago. Where is this? Ivanka. And that's how they learned, you know. Oh, it's the children. The children. Uh, going after the children. Yeah, because they're just like 10-year-olds. They're 10, 12, 13-year-olds. They don't know what's going on. Well, except they're, they have vice president or executive vice presidents, right? They could fly around and uh, make deals with the Saudis. They don't know what's going on, though. Where is this? Ivanka and Donald Trump Jr. This is from ProPublica. When was this? Not too long ago, in 20... 2017, Ivanka and Donald Trump Jr. were close to being charged with felony fraud. I don't know why. Again, they they slipped the noose. New York prosecutors were preparing a case. Then the DA overruled his staff after a visit from a top donor, otherwise known as Trump attorney Mark Kazowitz. So let's see, let's see. In the spring of 2012, Donald Trump's two eldest children, Ivanka and Donald Trump Jr., found themselves in a precarious legal position. For two years, prosecutors at the Manhattan District Attorney's Office had been building a criminal case against them for misleading prospective buyers of the units of Trump Soho, a hotel and condo development that was failing to sell. Despite the best efforts of the siblings' defense team, the case had not gone away. That's all, you know, they, they just drag it out until hopefully you get bored, I guess, and you allow them ste- to steal, continue to steal. An indictment seemed like a real possibility. The evidence included emails from the Trumps making it clear that they were aware they were using inflated figures about how well the condos were selling to lure buyers. Yeah, that's called fraud. In one email, according to four people who, who have seen it, the Trumps discussed how to coordinate false information that they had given to prospective buyers. In another, according to a person who read the emails, they worried that a reporter might be on to them. These fuckers should have been charged. In yet another, Donald Trump Jr. spoke reassuringly to a broker who was concerned about the false statements. (laughs) Well, you never have integrity when you're working with the Trumps. That, That always is a bit inconvenient. Saying that nobody would ever find out. Because the only people on the email chain or in the Trump organization who knew about the deception, according to a person who saw the email. That's what he said. They were the only people who knew. There was no doubt that the Trump children approved of, knew of, agreed to, and intentionally inflated the numbers to make more sales. One person who saw the emails told us they knew it was wrong. In 2010, 
when the Major Economic Crimes Bureau of the DA's office opened an investigation into the siblings, the Trump Organization hired several top-notch New York criminal defense lawyers to represent the two scumbags. These attorneys had met with prosecutors in the Bureau several times. They conceded that their clients had made exaggerated claims, but argued that the overstatements didn't amount to criminal misconduct. After all, it's them. It's the Trumps. Still, the case dragged on. In a meeting with the defense team, Donald Trump Sr. expressed frustration that the investigation had not been closed. I'm Trump. How's this even a thing? that I'm not allowed to steal and lie to people. Soon after his longtime personal lawyer, Mark Kazowitz, entered the case. Kazowitz, who had by then been the elder Trump's attorney for a decade, is primarily a civil litigator with little experience in criminal matters. But in 2012, Kazowitz donated $25,000 to the re-election campaign of Manhattan District Attorney Cyrus Vance Jr., making Kazowitz one of Vance's largest donors. Kazowitz decided to bypass the lower-level prosecutors and went directly to Vance to ask that the investigation be dropped. Then, on May 16, 2012, Kazowitz visited Vance's office at One Hogan Place in downtown Manhattan a faded edifice made famous by the television show Law and Order. Dan Alfonso, the chief assistant district attorney, and Adam Kaufman, the chief of the investigative division, were also at the meeting, but no one from the Major Economic Crimes Bureau attended. Kazowitz did not introduce any new arguments or facts during the session. He simply repeated the arguments that the other defense lawyers had been making for months. Ultimately, Vance overruled his own prosecutors. Three months after the meeting, he told them to drop the case. Kazowitz subsequently boasted to colleagues about representing the Trump children. According to two people, he said that the case was really dangerous. One person said that it was amazing I got them off. Fuckers. Fuck them. Vance defended his decision. I did not at the time believe beyond a reasonable doubt that the crime had been committed, or a crime. I had to make a call, and I made a call, and I think I made the right call. Oh, I hate these people. Somebody help me. Just before the 2012 meeting, Vance's campaign re had returned Kazowitz's contribution yeah, because it was uh, getting, uh, looking unseemly in the press. But less than six months after the DA's office dropped the case, Kazowitz made an even larger donation, you see? Hopefully then nobody's paying attention and raised more from others, eventually totaling more than 50 $50,000. After being asked about the donations as part of a reporting for this article, Vance said he now plans to give it back, to give back the second contribution. <laughs> oh, these fucking people. Oh, my 
God, help us. Can you believe where we live? Can can somebody please arrest him now? All right, listen up, guys. Guys, 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 guys. I'm going to go lay down. That's going to be the end of the show right now. And I want to thank you all for hanging out tonight and hanging out with Tom Hartman. I want to thank Tom Hartman for coming on the show. I'm sure he's not watching this part of the show. But uh, I'm sure he's never even watched the show. <laughs> or maybe I, I don't know what I know. Um, we will have a show on Friday. In the meantime, I got to get some rest. Hopefully I'll feel better. And we that we will have another guest next Wednesday. And his name is Tony Brasnos. Brasnos? I got to get the pronunciation right. And he wrote a book and he's coming on the show and it's about immigration. I'm not doing him justice right now. That's I'm blaming it on my not feeling 100%. I got to get all my ducks in a row. But just a little tease. We will have another conversation with an author on Wednesday coming up. But before that, we will meet together. We will meet again like strangers in the night. Now I got to go and feed two little kitties who hate me and three who love me. Okay. Three out of five ain't bad. So in the... I'm, I'm going to take attendance on Friday, so tell everybody to hang out. Hopefully, I'll be able to... I, what I'll do, maybe hopefully tomorrow, I'll be able to... I'll cut that Tom Hartman video into its own thing and post that too. Why not? All right, my friends. Listen up. Thank you so much. If you can become a patron, please do at patreon.com slash Tara Devlin. Tell your friends. You know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? We haven't had a new patron in a while. We've had some patrons, you know, take a hike. I don't know. I try not to take it personally, but it is hard. I don't know. Whatever. You keep going. Keep on going. I got so much more work that has to be done until we sleep. I I wish I could be like Tom Hartman. I really do. And I mean, write a book a night or something. Or a day. I don't know how he does it. All right, listen, guys. Guys, thank you. Thank you, Winston. That's very kind of you. Winston says, great show, Tara. Thank you. Thank you, Winston, for hanging out. Thank you all. Thanks all. For, thank you to the Super Chatters and all the moderators, Haiku and Jim. Remember. Remember what I tell you. Maybe I'll... Oh, oh yeah. We also have uh, the Discord page. Maybe I'll post some pictures of Salty and Spicy on the Discord page. That's right, Haiku said. He writes an hour a day. You're right. He does. He, every day, 
he makes an appointment to with himself to write right you're i remember him saying that you're right hi trucker john nice to see you there trucker trucker john has his own channel should post your link here trucker i've subscribed make sure you do too guys we stick together we win all right, my friends. Thank you, Terry, Terry Taylor. That is very nice. Yes, great show, Terry, dear. I share you all the time. I really appreciate that. We will win. We will. We will. I'll feel better soon, hopefully. And, uh, yeah, because you know what? There's so much work to do. Hi, trucker. We. Are on the right side of history. We are on the right side of decency, dignity, and democracy. I want to thank you all. Please, thank you for hanging out. Thank Tom Hartman for coming on the show. And we stick together, we win. My name is Tara Devlin, and I will see you very soon. <laughs>